On this special bonus episode of the Breaking the Game podcast, Austin and I discuss our MVP rankings. We have honorable mentions and then our top five candidates for MVP. We appreciate everyone tuning in for this bonus content episode. Those of you who are listening from the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, thank you so much for checking out the show. And for you longtime listeners, as always, we greatly appreciate your support. We will be right back after this break. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Breaking the Game Show After Hours edition of the Breaking the Game Show. We're coming to you by way of the Off the Ball Network. Go to offtheballnetwork.com for all your sports needs. And the reason that we're here today, Austin, we just wrapped up our show that's going to air on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Highly encourage everyone to catch that out or catch that check that out i combine the two it's more efficient that way uh go, go to that outside is that where you're going with that pretty much yeah Bite so people. uh yeah you can you can find the the breaking dash the radio app you can, you can find the breaking the game fight club at <laughs> yeah but uh just real quick go get the dash radio app look up the mm-hmm. nothing but net channel um every monday and friday at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific austin and i will be on there and austin we just wrapped up a little bit of our mvp race we left our top two guys out but um what i would like to do is kind of start this from the top you know let's kind of mm-hmm. reset what's happening and uh we'll do a little bit of our MVP race right now. Um, before we get into our top five, Austin, who are kind of some of your honorable mentions? Um, well, I went with three guys that, you know, could have very easily made my top five, but uh, ultimately they ended up being in the, the honorable mention section here. One that I think a lot of people are going to be surprised that I didn't have in my top five is Nikola Jokic, um, mm. the center for the Denver Nuggets. I'm with you that I think winning makes a big difference in this race a lot of times because there's so many guys that average such good numbers. But, you know, how valuable are those numbers if if your team's not winning because of them? So, you know, his team has definitely struggled from where they were expected to be this year. Um, no fault of his, I would say, but it, it does make a difference. So he didn't make the top five with with numbers at 26.7 points eight and a half assists and and 11 rebounds. He didn't make my top five for the all-star or for the MVP race. So that's pretty crazy. Um, Next guy was a guy that you had in your top five that, um, you know, I know you'll get to is uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, Having every bit as good of a a year as last year. And, uh, you know, not even really getting much, much said about him for the MVP race. 28.9 points. You know, shooting incredibly from the field again, you know, over 50%, over 55%, 12 rebounds, six assists, you know, 1.3 blocks, 1.3 steals. What more can you ask for? You know, he's improved in several categories from being a a back-to-back MVP winner already. So, you know, he definitely belongs in the conversation. And then my other one is is somebody that, I don't think a lot of people would talk about, and I think you might be pretty surprised that I put him in even in my honorable mention, and it's Paul George. Okay. Um, uh, He's just – he's shooting incredibly from three, from the field. He was on pace at one point not that long ago for like a 50-50-90 shooting season, which is 
obviously never happened before. It's unheard of. Right. Um, he's at, you know, 24 points per game as the really the number two option, you know, undoubtedly for his team. He's he's not their go to guy. That's that's Kawhi. But he's having a career best season in assists at five and a half. He's having another really good year rebounding six rebounds a game. He's still shooting, you know, 51 percent from the field. He's all the way down to 47 percent from three. Yes, sir. And he's taking quite a backslide on free throws, too. He's at 88 and a half. So he's fallen a little bit recently. He needs to pick (laughs) those numbers back up, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, or everybody's just going to kill him again like they like to do. Of course. Uh, but no, I think this is as good as you could have asked for for him to play in in response to what a lot of people thought was a failure in the in the bubble in the playoffs for him. So he he was somebody that might have been in my top five as, as recently as a couple weeks ago, but he's he's in my honorable mention. Okay. Um my honorable mentions and again, just for everyone who does not know, uh, for the all-star games, I don't really consider an all-star nomination to to matter so much in terms of winning you know and we we saw that kind of flesh out in different ways oddly enough and with the coaching naming their reserves with you know the pacers not getting a nomination at all the the spurs not getting any nominations at all but there's teams that are significantly lower guys like the magic have a representative you know teams like the the pelicans have a representative for mm-hmm. most valuable or excuse me for all-star and I just found that weird. But for MVP, I do think that winning actually matters a lot. How can you be the most valuable player in the league on a losing team? You know, I right. think that that holds completely different. Although it is an individual accolade of sorts, it's weighted completely different to me. That being said, mm-hmm. and the reason I went on that little soliloquy there is because I think that the guys who I have on my honorable mentions are in a lot of people's top five. So before you kill me, the guys that I have ahead of them actually are their their production is resulting in winning more so than these guys here. Mm-hmm. So number eight as my honorable mention is Nikola Jokic. And he I know that he's a guy that a lot of people have in their top five. Uh, Steph Curry is number seven, a guy mm-hmm. who yeah, you can give me all the injuries you want. At the end of the day, there are guys who are winning more and putting up just as good of performances, if not better than Steph Curry. And then number six, Damian Lillard. I think that I have him over Steph because he is dealing with injuries all the same as Steph Curry. You know, he's without, I believe, three starters currently, mm-hmm. started the season missing two, and still finding ways to win game in the same Western Conference that Steph Curry plays in, you know? So I have him actually ahead of Curry in that aspect. So those are my honorable mentions. I do like your Paul George take. Uh, he would probably be looking anywhere from you know, nine to 12 on my list right now. There are a couple other guys that I could name off as to people who I would consider here, but you know, just keep it at about three. I think three is a good number for honorable mentions here. Yeah, me too. And, uh, you know, Portland, you mentioned all the injuries. I, something I heard the other day that I thought was odd. A lot of people apparently like them as a trade partner for, uh, Chris Tapps Porzingis with Dallas. And I just thought they want to get another injured big guy. Like that's the history. <laughs> right. That's the history of the Portland Trailblazers. It's injured big guys. You know, Sam Bill Bowie, Walton, Greg Sam Oden. Bowie, Bill Walton, Greg Oden. Yeah. You know, all of them. Zach Collins and and Nurkic are always out for this team. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was weird. So I, yeah, I like that, the Damian Lillard pick though for sure. He's having a heck of a year. 
Yeah, and again, just because I have them as honorable mentions does not mean that that I think that they're trash. Austin, I'm sure you Eighth agree. Place, what is your problem? You hate this guy. Why are you so biased against him? Well, I've been joking a lot lately, Austin, that the NBA is full of 24 all stars and 426 snubs. So, right. like <laughs> that's how the NBA is com- is comprised mm-hmm. right now. Ooh, man, I'll tell you what. That article got some. I I got some Pacers fans that were very, had some choice things to say about Adam Silver in response <laughs> to that article when they, when the Pacers didn't get an all-star named at first. So there's a lot of people that were, that have feel of really strong opinions about who they think belong on the team. Yeah. I think that there were two Pacers that arguably could have made that list, but Me before too. we get down the all-star rabbit hole, we're here, we're talking most valuable players. So Austin, right. You know, we talked a little bit about this on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Again, if you don't listen to that, we're live every Monday and Friday from 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for about 55 Mm -hmm. minutes. You can go and catch that content there, but we're so glad that you're listening now. So, Austin, who is your fifth place MVP candidate? Um, Yeah, I just, guy I just mentioned, it's uh, Paul George's teammate, Kawhi Leonard. Um, the Clippers just haven't been talked about much this year, and I wanted to kind of highlight several, you know, two of their guys that are absolutely balling out. And Kawhi Leonard is having another career year. You know, his player efficiency rating is twenty seven point two. Um, win shares, he's at almost five win shares a game, four point nine for a season. <laughs> for the season, you know, win shares is is a, like a thirteen or so. I, I is somewhere around there is the highest ever. I believe it might be a little bit higher than that, but not much. Um, so, you know, he's on pace for like 11 and a half, 12 this year, which is a really, really Mm -hmm. good number. Um, player efficiency rating is going to be, you know, in the top 25 all time too, at the, at the pace he's going, um, shooting 49 or, um, sorry, 51% from the field, 39% from three, 87% from the free throw line, 27.6 27.6 rebounds, five assists. And, you know, he still gives you great defense every night. He doesn't get talked about enough for his defense anymore like he used to. But, um, yeah, he's just, he's been all around terrific all year. And for a guy that's kind of the face of, of, um, load management, he's played most of the games this year. He's played a lot for this team. So, you know, he's having a, 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 a MVP caliber season in my eyes. He's somebody that definitely should get, get some votes for it i think yeah and we touched on this earlier that one of the reasons that i like him this season and you know kind of spoiler alert i'm going to be talking about him here in a little bit as well mm-hmm. i like the fact that he's giving you more minutes so not only is he participating in a lot of games he's actually giving you more minutes under coach Ty Lu than he did under doc rivers but his you know turnovers per game are down significantly like almost an entire turnover mm-hmm. better this season than he was the year prior to and his fouls are down by about a half a foul a game. So his defense is more intense, more effective. His game overall is more efficient. I mean, he's up mm-hmm. 4% from the field. He's up almost 2% from deep. His free throws are down a little bit, but I mean, still he went all the way down from 80 or from 89 to 88% from the free throw line. So not a significant right. dip there. Um all and his attempts are down too. So mm-hmm. His role has changed a little bit under Ty Lue, which I don't think is getting enough credit. But, yeah, I mean, he's a strong candidate. I'm glad that you have him in your top five. Yeah. And, you know, nobody's really talked about it. I, and But 
what a bet, what a perfect team for the triangle offense that that Ty Lue is supposed to be running there. You know, I, th- I think they have yep. the absolute perfect roster for it, and you're seeing t- both of these guys have a lot of success with it. Yeah, absolutely. And the triangle offense is it works really well when you don't have like a uh, a ball dominant point guard, and we saw that a lot with the Los Angeles Lakers and the Chicago Bulls when you have great, you know wing playmakers you know overall just great scores anyone could be a playmaker in this offense and you got good post play too so ultimately that's all the ingredients you really need for a offense right mm-hmm. for sure there you go and we our buddy um bars talks comes in uh he says uh jim harden i like that for mvp you may hear his name come up here soon bars talks so i appreciate yep. you Drop it in your your gym. Be Harden. patient, everybody. Be patient. Be patient. We're only on half of our number five. So rounding out my top five, but starting with number five would be a guy that I think that you're not really allowed to talk about in MVP conversations right now. I For whatever reason, it's just taboo. You can't mention his name at all. I'm just going to go ahead and break the rule, though. That's a Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, I, coming I off think of, you said that right. Antetokounmpo? I think so. I, I try to say I'm it fast. Sure. I'm not sure. I try to say it fast. I'm looking at basketball it, reference right heard now. It so long, you know, and I haven't heard it in so long. <laughs> I don't know if, how to say it anymore. Excuse me. Uh, the Greek freak. The Greek okay. Freak. Okay. There you know who you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, so Giannis, uh, oddly enough, you could argue is playing better this season than he did last year when he was MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Um, For the second time. The yeah. MVP. I mean, yeah, and defensive player of the year all in the same year. Um, so for your defensive player of the year aspect of it, last season he was um, giving you a steal and a block a game. He's giving you 1.3 steals and 1.3 blocks per game. Uh, his scoring has gone all the way down from 29.5 last season to 28.9 this year. So give me a break. But fret not, his field goal efficiency is actually better this season. So he's you know taking almost a shot less per game, which would explain the point per game difference. It's actually, mm-hmm. if you think about it, he's taking one less shot, but he's only dropped one point per, not even a full point per game difference. So that's great efficiency just in of itself right there. Um, yes, we'll it ignore is. his three point percentage. Or we'll ignore his free throw percentage, which by the way, his free throw percentage is actually up from last season, but this year mm-hmm. it's a big deal that he has the free throw percentage that he does last season. It didn't matter at all. So that being said, he's playing more. He's uh, being a little bit better of a facilitator. His assists per game are actually up this season uh, compared to where they were last year. And he's taking better shots. So, mm-hmm. Austin, I don't understand why, you know, no one is talking about him. And I talk to you about this offline all the time. I hate when media mm-hmm. personalities say, nobody is talking about this guy. That's kind of our job, right? When we're in the right. media and we cover it and we are in a little game. We're the ones that are supposed to be facilitating conversation and bringing things to light that maybe no one else is. That way, no one else who looks for content for the NBA can say, how come no other media personality is talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo in the MVP race, right, Austin? Right. One thing that it's kind of bothers me about the whole sports media world is it's so copycat. Like, mm-hmm. you can't go to any TV show or radio station or very many podcasts and hear anybody but LeBron James and and Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. 
you know, spoiler alert to to for the MVP race. It's almost well, if like you're listening to this podcast, you know, you know, right, right. Now, you know, that's what we're here for. Um, yeah. Giannis is uh, a great pick. So, you know, you can't go wrong there. I had him in my honorable mention and, you know, looking at his numbers and the way you talked about it so well, you know, he's, he's somebody that definitely belongs in the conversation for sure. So, yeah. Um, my number like four. you said, Oh, I'm sorry. And just real quick, like oh, you kind of yeah, like ahead. what you said with Kawhi Leonard, that, you know, the postseason success is obviously going to hang over Giannis's head right now. It's not going to matter, which again, we're talking about a regular season MVP award. Granted, he did, his team has fallen all the way from first place to third place in the Eastern conference right mm-hmm. now, but they're creeping up the rankings and the amount of games back that they are. Right. They're, with, they're still going to win 50 plus games in a shortened yeah. season. And Drew Holiday has missed, what, I think eight games. And he's mm-hmm. a newly acquired person that they gave up a lot of assets for. And Chris Middleton is oddly enough the same thing, having a, an identical season this year, but can't be an all-star. So mm-hmm. I don't know what it is with the Milwaukee hate this season. They're just, I guess, everybody, the overwhelming feeling is that until they win in the playoffs, they're frauds, I guess. I don't know. You know, we like to joke yeah. about frauds in our in our group chat a lot, but <laughs> that's plug for the group really chat. Yeah, yeah, um, this ring culture, it's finest. Yeah, you know, we do love our frauds, though. That's it's always a lot of fun. Yes. Um, my number four guy is is gonna make uh, you know, our our buddy that commented in about him uh, pretty happy. I have James Harden. Um, I just think there you he's, go. I just think he's been terrific. Um come ever since coming over from Houston. And it's not like he was doing bad for Houston either on the court. He was doing a lot of bad stuff off the court, but on mm-hmm. the court, he was terrific, you know, and since, since Kyrie Irving, so, you know, um, famously, infamously, there's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. He so infamously said, you know, I just told James, I'm the, I'm the point guard. You're going to play the two. And, you know, I guess everybody got mad about that. I don't know why. Because it was, this was Kyrie Irving. Irving. Yeah. But, you know, the beard's just been incredible since kind of taking over that point guard role. He went from being one of the top scorers in the NBA to he's still at 25 points per game. So it's not like he's having a terrible year. It's all still gets seven and a half rebounds, but he's at league leading 11 assists per game, shooting 48% from the field, 39% from three, and 86% from the free throw line. You know, what more can he ask for? He comes over here to a team with two superstars that have kind of been, you know, injury prone the last few seasons and Kyrie most of his career. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, kind of the NBA Iron Man, so to speak. He hardly ever misses a game. You know, he gives you 30 plus minutes every single night. And, you know, he's the anti load management guy for sure. Yeah, a wholeheartedly. Incredible year. yeah I wholeheartedly agree. And I'm going to talk about him here in a little bit, but not right now. I'm going to talk about another guy that you had already discussed. My number four guy right now is Kawhi Leonard. Uh, you said a lot of the, the the things about him that I enjoyed. And what we need to remember right now is that them and the Los Angeles Lakers are pretty much neck and neck for that second seed in the Western Conference. So let's try not to hold the lack of postseason success for a regular season award. Kawhi Leonard right now, is giving you Austin. You talked about it just a second ago. It was fifty-one percent from the floor, thirty-nine percent from deep. 
He's shooting 88% from the line, giving you a steal and a half a game. His turnovers are down. His fouling is down. He's just all in all having a tremendous season. That five win shares per game is something that you look at at this point of the season. And with it only going to be 72 games on the year, five win shares already in the shortened season is pretty phenomenal. So mm-hmm. uh, Kawhi Leonard does get my nod. And Austin, you talked about this too. We're not allowed to talk about Kawhi Leonard in the MVP discussion, although he is on a team that has a lot of wins. They're having a lot of success. And he's being stupid efficient. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, he's he's hitting shots at a at a pretty high clip this year for you know, for this number two team in the Western Conference. And like we said, like you said, like I like both of us said, what's valuable about those numbers if your team doesn't win a lot? And his team always wins a lot. Yeah. He he he's impacting winning. So Austin. We're up to your number three candidate right now. Who do you have? I have Stephen Curry from the Golden State Warriors. Okay. Um, they haven't won as much as some of the other teams on this list, but I just think he's having an absolutely phenomenal year. Coming off an injury, you know, like a lot of like several players were this year, and he's come back and not skipped a beat. Twenty nine point nine points per game. That's second highest in his career. Shooting forty eight percent from the field. 41 and a half from three, 94% from the free throw line. Um, you know, 4.9 win shares so far, even a little bit higher than we just talked about with Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Five and a half rebounds, 6.3 assists. Um, he's led his team every single night. He's always out there. He's always balling out. And it's it's pretty common for him to, to drop 30, 35 points just about every time he goes out there this year. For a team that, other than him, doesn't have a whole lot of real proven guys. You know, James Wiseman is a rookie and he's played well, but nobody was sure how he'd do. Draymond is pretty proven, I guess. They do have sure. him. Um, but not Wiggins, not Ubre. They've never won anything in the NBA. They've never been, you know, star players. Wiggins has missed a lot. Um he's and, played well though when he's played. He has, he has. And but Steph is Steph is kind of first, second, and third on offense for this Of course. Team. So, <laughs> you know, and I do think also if Clay Thompson wasn't hurt and Steph was, was putting up these kind of numbers and they were in, you know, second or third place in the West, I think you'd hear a lot more talk about Steph for MVP because he's having one of the best seasons he's ever had and he's already a two-time MVP as well. So, Yeah, I, I like Steph a lot, but again, the, the winning came into – Mm-hmm. into account for me which is why i have him actually seventh and again you know it's a huge slap in the face to have you know you're seventh one of the only player s- in the league jeez oh, yeah it's terrible i know i'm you hate him so much i don't hate him i just he's not he's not his, all these great numbers are not impacting the win column and again that he has injuries but so does damian lillard mm-hmm. you know so does another guy we'll talk about here in a second Giannis Antetokounmpo brand new roster and a lot of his new pieces missed a lot of time. So mm-hmm. a lot of team in with COVID and contract tracing and league safety and health protocols and all that stuff. Every team has dealt with postponements and there players was more today. Yeah. You know, the bulls and Raptors got postponed today. The yeah. Raptors had six coaches out because of health and safety protocols, their last game. And now they're 
they're not playing this one. Well, you know, if they had, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they would be the coaches too, so they wouldn't have to Hell worry yeah. about it. So there's more Kyrie Irving slander. I I actually do like Kyrie Irving. You just mm-hmm. just so happen to catch the wrong bit uh, on the show from me. But yeah, I like Steph Curry, but number three for me is another gentleman that you talked about, and that would be James Harden. Mm-hmm. I have him third largely for a lot of the same reasons that you pointed out. Changed his game. I, I kind of anticipated that he would. A lot of people question, is James Harden going to go there and be selfish? And one thing that I talked about was the fact that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant has rings. He doesn't. I don't think if, I think if he went to Philadelphia, on the other hand, he would go there and kind of be like, okay, this is my team because nobody else has won anything either. And I'm an MVP. Therefore, I'm the best player on this team and I'm going to play like it. He goes to Brooklyn, you know, a former league MVP and, and Kevin Durant, scoring champion, NBA champion, Kyrie Irving, kind of the same thing, uh, champion, leader on a few different teams. James Harden is in a room full of alphas and has to say, okay, they were here first. They have won more than me. I have to change. And that's what he's done. You mentioned that mm-hmm. he's gone from being a scoring leader to now an assist leader still rebounding, still scoring, still stupid efficient, giving you 48, 40, and 87 from the floor. He's giving you 4.8 win shares per game, Austin. I know you're a big fan of that stat. Uh, 57% effective field goal percentage, which is great for a point guard, especially a a scoring point guard on this team. Oh, and his steals are 1.1 steals per game on a team that has defensive limitations but isn't as bad as what big media would tend to lead you along. And his efficiency across the board has improved greatly with the exception of free throws, which is still really good if you consider what the league average free throw percentage is. So mm-hmm. uh, big fan of what James Harden is doing this season. He's a triple-double waiting to happen. He is why Kevin Durant can sit out as long as he is right now. He's the reason why Kyrie Irving doesn't have to really play on back-to-backs if he does not want to because he can go from being the orchestrator of the offense to just being a, a cold-blooded killer. You know, the I think the main story we'd be talking about right now if they hadn't made this trade is is the Brooklyn Nets probably struggling at this point in the season. I don't think they'd be anywhere near where they are without him because if Kevin Durant gets this injury still, Kyrie's in and out of the lineup, you know, this team looks really, really different without... Karis LeVert has you know, cancer mm-hmm. that he's overcoming right now. And Spencer Dinwiddie hurt. So you're, that's a good point. They, mm-hmm. he's been the saving grace on this team with, you know, rookie right. head coach, although Mike D'Antoni has been around the block and he's an assistant, but there's a lot that could be going wrong on this team that you know, kind of like what Amino Hassan says on radio, like talent usually figures it out and talent mm-hmm. usually translate translates to wins, regardless of, what the perception of these players are, you know, whether, you know, they, they miss time, they're going to go on vacation every three weeks mm-hmm. or, you know, they're right. going to play selfishly and all that other stuff. The means also one of the biggest loudest voices saying that he didn't think this Brooklyn team would be, would work out with Kyrie and, and Katie. So, you know, he kind of see what, I wonder what he thinks about them now, now that they have Harden. Well, if you if you talk a lot, eventually something you say is going to mm-hmm. be right. So, not he saying that Amin about. does that, but that's a philosophy that I'm I. Not I saying mean. that he's not right a lot, but he he's talks. on talk radio. You have to talk a lot to be on talk radio. Yeah. So. And Amin, yeah. if you're listening, then come on the show and talk to us some. Yeah, I mean, you can do three hours a day. I don't. Fifty six minutes wouldn't kill you. So we'd love to have you. I'm a big fan. Oh yeah, you can you can talk the most. 
you, we won't even say anything. So we'll set you up. You can go tell us <laughs> tell us stories about going out and doing karaoke, whatever you want, man. Yeah, and I think he might like an alcoholic beverage based on a lot of oh, the yeah. stories that I hear from Amin. But right. all right, Austin, we're in our top two. I feel like without we haven't even spoken on this, and you haven't looked at my notes. I haven't looked at yours. I feel like I know who your top two are going to be. But for the listeners, for and even just for myself, we're going to learn a little bit more about each other in this. Who's number two on your MVP race? I'm interested to know who you think is my number two. LeBron James. Correct. Okay. It's LeBron James. Um, I almost put him at number one just to be that guy. Oh, but come on. I, I know wanted you're to not give that you, guy. I wanted to give you my real thoughts. I want I think everybody <laughs> deserves that better than me trying to be a troll. So yeah. You know, LeBron, what a year he's having at age 36. Can any How other is player he? 36? I think he's 36. Can any other player say they're having this year at age 36? I did not I know that he so. was 36 years old. What I year? Don't think so. What year is he in this right is now? Year 18, right? Year 18. How many year 18 players are in the top five MVP? You know, right now. Why isn't Joel Embiid a year 18 player? <laughs> yeah, Why isn't I'll... Stephen Curry 36 <laughs> years old? I can't. I love that argument. Yeah. Anyway, I love that argument. the real reasons LeBron James is is <laughs> number two on my list. 26 points per game, eight rebounds, eight assists, 50% from the field, 35% from three until this little slide, you know, on the number one team in the West or number two for most of the season. Um, just out there doing LeBron James things every night, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, one of my favorite memes from the season is the picture of him when he hit that corner three and turned around and looked at the bench and didn't even watch it go in and mm-hmm. it went in. And it said, LeBron did this. And the next day, the NBA created a super team. And, you know, the day James Harden was traded to Brooklyn. And I just thought that, you know, at that, that was like the height of the season for, for me as a Lakers fan so far, when he hit that shot, I was just like, you know, I've always wanted LeBron James to kind of stick it in people's faces a little bit more, maybe, you know, be a little bit more, you know, show people up sometimes he's, he's almost too professional. Sometimes I like, I like my star players to have a little bit of, a little bit of an attitude about themselves sometimes. That's why I mean, I, let's let's not go. I mean, LeBron James does have an attitude. About he does. Himself, he does for sure. But I like when it comes out. Yeah. So, you know, I I just loved that. I think he's he's leading the, one of the best two or three teams in the league again, like he like he has for so long now. And it's it's just repetitive to say it, but it, it needs to be said. You know. When LeBron James is on your team, you always have a chance to, you know, to make it to the finals. We've seen that year in and year out. And, you know, take the second best player off any team in the NBA right now, and they're not going to look the same. They're not going to be as good, especially when their second best player is arguably a lot of nights their best player. So, you know, Anthony Davis being out for the Lakers, LeBron still hasn't hasn't missed a game. He's still out there playing like top five minutes in the league. You know, and I think he's 36 years old. At 36, at 36, you're 18. 18. <laughs> and, uh, I just think he he kind of is doing that t- as like a badge of honor kind of thing. Like he's saying, you know, in the era of, uh, you know, load management and players taking games off and everybody worrying about conserving their body and people talking about, you know, 
back in the 90s, players played 82 games every year and nobody ever missed a game and they got knocked out and were playing the next night, you know? and They were punching and, each other in the mouth and spitting <laughs> out teeth. Right? And- <laughs> in my day, you went down the lane, you got clotheslined, so you knew not to do it again because we were so good at They played basketball in the snow uphill. We played basketball the right way. We beat each other up. But uh, <laughs> I just think he's. it's been awesome to see him play every game this year and kind of show everybody like, hey, even, you know, as long as I've been around, I'm not slowing down anytime soon so you know i'm the champ right now and you got to come and take it from me um i i don't think the it's particularly close from two to one though really to be honest i think i think my number one guy is head and shoulders above just about everybody else so far this season so not to say he's had a bad year he by any means by saying that i just think that there's been a lot of you know noise around this to try to make it sound closer than it really is yeah, and it was kind of to me the same thing as last season with Giannis Antetokounmpo. And it, right back then, he was only thirty-seven years old, or what, thirty-five yeah, 35 years old? Thirty-five years, seventeen. So, back when he was just a young long pup. Yeah, come a long way since then. But uh, we we joke around, but we do get tired. Both you and I both get tired of the age narrative, and mm-hmm. we talk about why. Right, so you. Nobody else can you can't change your age, you know. Yeah, you can't a go out there and player shouldn't be penalized because he's 26. Yeah. And not 36. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly it. You know, like anybody theoretically could come out and have an MVP season, right? Based on their performance, based on team success and all that stuff. But no one could come out and be a different age. No one could come out right. and be a different height. You know, they talk about with Kevin Durant, it was like, he's seven foot tall with a handle and all this other stuff. Like, all right, cool. But like, let's talk about what he's doing, right. Compared to other people. So I never really got into that. I like tangible things that other people can go out and do. So, mm-hmm. uh, LeBron James, uh, shockingly is my pick as well. My number two pick, I should say for MVP. Uh, y- you gave a lot of the reasons why, you know, he's playing in every game. Uh, giving you more minutes this season than he did last season by only 0.2, but still, you know, giving you more minutes per game without, you know, his 1B. Uh, Anthony Davis is very important to this team. We're seeing that now. And this is a, a lot of changes on this roster, too. They they brought in Dennis Schroeder. He's missed a little bit of time. They bring in Montrez Harrell. His fit has kind of not been as seamless as I think a lot of people would anticipate. Still waiting on Mark Gasol to kind of be that X factor playmaker that I anticipated him being when they brought him in. I'm sure they are too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker has been phenomenal uh, in spurts, but nowhere near the player that I think everyone was expecting to be after the preseason. Uh, you know, Alex Caruso Why is being preseason? Alex. Yeah, right. Alex Caruso is being Alex Caruso. He's giving you one to two great plays a game. And uh, Morris is your enforcer. But outside of that, there's really not a lot of three-point shooting. They they don't really run the floor. They're very much a half-court team. This is the progression of a LeBron James team. I'm, if, I'm serious. If you line it up this season and where the Lakers are at compared to any other development of the post-Miami LeBron James teams, this is what happens. You know, they... They have a team that doesn't have as great of a roster. They kind of overdo expectations. They're going to make the finals, right? In the second season, they add more veterans. They go and get more players, and they slow down, and they dump assets, and they slow down, and they dump assets. They didn't really dump a lot of assets, which was a, a breath of fresh air, but you definitely see the slowing down of their style of play. Mm-hmm. 
But what I do appreciate about LeBron James, other than him being 36 years old, uh, is the fact that he he's playing really good defense this year. And mm-hmm. that's a, that's an aspect of LeBron James that I would expect all of his apologists to come out and preach and harp on because everyone is talking about his scoring this year and his rebounding and his passing. His defense has surprisingly been very stout. It, he's Not only is he playing in every game, and giving you good minutes, but his defense has actually been there every night, uh, more so than it was the previous few seasons. And that's if I was if I was just a LeBron James lover, not that I'm a hater, but if I thought that he walked on water, right, I would be leaning more into his defensive effort this season, Austin, than I would anything else. Well, have you been on a, a Facebook, you know, NBA group and seen any arguments about LeBron James? You can't talk about his defense; they just laugh at you. Nobody wants mm-hmm. to listen. They, they act like you're an insane person if you even say LeBron and defense in the same sentence. Unless well, it's you're because ESPN no. isn't telling you that LeBron right. James is a good defender yet, right? And it's it's just annoying because he has picked up picked it up on the defensive end for sure. So yeah, I, I agree with you for sure. Absolutely, we're up to awesome. number one, huh? We're up to number one. Do you want to name him or do you want to recap where we got to from here? You give us a nice recap, right? Stephen. All right. So my honorable mentions so far for the MVP race have been Nikola Jokic, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard. Um, my number five pick was Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number four was Kawhi Leonard. Number three, James Harden. Number two, LeBron James. Austin, what were your honorable mentions? And then work your way up to number two. Jokic, Paul George. Giannis were my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had Kawhi Leonard, um, James Harden, and Stephen Curry. And then LeBron James was my number two. All right. And let's just, we'll kind of tag team this because I know that we have the same number one, even though we haven't yeah. looked at notes. Just based on the fact that I trust your basketball knowledge and ability to, to you assess want to say it at the same time. One, two, three. Joel. Yes, Furkan Korkmaz, Joel Sorry. Embiid, ladies Joel and gentlemen. Embiid. All right, so Austin, we have been beating the Joel Embiid drum for weeks now. I right. went through and I I had a nice graphic made up for all of my early running uh, award w- winners. A couple of those have changed. I mean, Jordan Clarkson has been six man of the year. I don't see anybody beating him for six man of the year. Right. I've had Jeremy Grant as my most improved player. Defensive player of the year, you can go back and forth. I've been flopping, depending on the week, between Ben Simmons and Rudy Gobert. Mm -hmm. Um, Coach of the year, Quinn Snyder. I think hands down that that's the guy. And now we're at MVP. Joel Embiid has been my guy for weeks. And with AD going down, to me, it just seems like a foregone conclusion that it's going to be Joel Embiid's Mm -hmm. award to lose. I agree. I think that you made that point about AD going down and – for anybody that doesn't understand, it's not because AD was going to be his biggest competition. It's because the Lakers lost four games in a row. And, mm-hmm. you know, that really hurt LeBron's chances. And I guess LeBron and and um, Joel are the only two guys you can talk about. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, but again, you know, I really we thought you were going to say Corkmans. I, I was thinking I, about sorry, it. But I messed that up. He was close. You know, uh, he, <laughs> I was going to name him, but then I remembered that they had Tobias Harris. Yeah, Ben Simmons. That they oh, had man, Seth Curry. Simmons. I should have said Ben Simmons. Yeah, they had Seth Curry. Think, um, Sim- think Ben Simmons would have been a better joke? 
Yeah, probably because everyone wants those two to break up for some stupid reason. Right. But um, Doc Rivers has done a phenomenal job, by the way, with that team. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has. But, I was wrong. I'll admit I was wrong about that. I didn't think he'd have much uh, effect on this team, and it's he has significantly. So, you know, maybe all those three one comeback defeats on his part it weren't, weren't so much his fault. I don't know. I mean, it's. It's crazy, but I mean, let's talk about Joel Embiid's season right now, Austin. Mm-hmm. He's he's played in 28 games, so he's missed a couple, which is to be expected. But it's not like he's only played 28 out of like 60 games. You know, right. he's, he's, he's the most games he's ever played in a season is 64 anyway, and they've been fairly you know careful with his playing time ever since you know he didn't play his first two years. So they've always been careful with his playing time. How about this, Austin? When's the last time that we've seen a center at almost any point in the season average 30 points per game. It's been a long time. It doesn't happen anymore, especially considering it's been what almost, almost if not 20, 21 years since the center has won MVP. MVP. I can't remember what year Shaq did it. I think it was 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's been two decades since the centers fin- won the MVP award and there probably haven't, haven't been more than a handful of guys to finish in the top three in those 20 years. So he's just having an insane year for a league that's gone to, you know, let's play a starting five. that's all six, nine and don't play don't have positions and don't have a center. And yeah, and here he is absolutely dominating. Yeah. He's giving you 30 points per game, 11.3 rebounds, 3.2 assists, which is actually above his career average. He's shooting 52% from the floor, almost 42% from deep, almost 42% from deep as a center, Austin. Right. As, as a center that is a legitimate big man, he's seven, one, two eighty. you know? So yeah. he's not a, he's not a, 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 a stretch, you know, guy that, can you can say he's a center like PJ Tucker, you know? Yeah. Well, let's put it into the perspective like this. He get he on average a night he gives you 18 field goal attempts per night. Only about 3 of those, and I say only, but about 3 of those are from deep. And he's giving you almost 42% on 3 attempts per game from deep. The rest of those 15 attempts are all, you know, back to the basket. But he does actually have a mid-range game that's kind of fleshed out a little bit this season. Mm-hmm. And he's maintained, you know, roughly three assists per game every year except his rookie year. And this season, he's at three point two, which ties the second best for his career. He gives you one point three steals per game, which is a career high. One point four blocks per game, and again, efficiency has not been an issue with him. Starting and playing twenty eight games, Austin, he's giving you 55% effective field goal percentage. He's a 31 PER, 5.4 win shares. Uh, dude is 5. just... 4. That is nuts. We read off all these perimeter players that mm-hmm. are giving you a little, like maybe five at the most, but mm-hmm. we kind of round up when we say five. He's giving you five plus win shares per game right now. You want to know what the craziest Joel Embiid stat I just found is for this season? I- I think that I know what it is, but go ahead and say. Do you know I how many how many possessions that he has been in offensively that are considered post up play types? How much? Two hundred and fifty six possessions. He scored two hundred and seventy eight points. That's the eighty second second percentile. Do you know how many def- how many post up possessions he's defended? How many? Nine. He's had nine defensive post-up possessions and 256 offensive. If that gives you an idea of how 
little post play most teams have. Yeah. Nine. The fact that he all year. <laughs> That's insane. How about this, Austin? His true mm-hmm. shooting percentage is yep. just shy of sixty-five percent. It's crazy. That's insane. What's a good true what's a what's a great true shooting I percentage think they say on average? Like superstar level, or if you want to call it that, is around sixty. So yeah. He's doing all right. He's got a usage rate of 34. His turnover percentage is only 12.4. <laughs> I mean, he's he's in the 90th percentile in points per possession offensively and in the 87th percentile in points per possession defensively. He's at 1.14 offensively and 0.87 on defense. That's insane. And if you're not stat nerds like we are, so and here's the thing too. We say all these stats, and I know that some people are going to run away with their ears plugged and go, la, 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 la. Like, I, right. they don't, for whatever reason, some people just don't like numbers. I jokingly, tongue in cheek, say that they're afraid of them. Right. But to me and to you, Austin, these numbers are just actual representation of what we see on the floor. If we were to tell somebody that Joel Embiid is a great basketball player and they only watch basketball, they would say, well, yeah. But if we say, did you guys know that Joel Embiid has a true shooting percentage of 65%, they would be like, that that doesn't mean anything. Well, actually, it does. It just reinforces the fact that he's a great basketball player. Mm -hmm. You you see how, you know, on SportsCenter, they tell you that, you know, with him on the court, they outscore their opponent by 12 points a game. And without him, they get outscored by 11 points. Mm -hmm. That's because of these numbers. You know, that's because you see that big you know, swing from one side to the other when he's not on the court because of this is why, you know, he's doing things that guys just don't do anymore. He's playing incredibly well on both sides of the ball. So, and he's got such a finesse slash power game. Like Mm -hmm. as as quickly as he could back you down, he can do a rip through, you know, move and and draw a foul. I believe last Mm -hmm. time I looked Austin that he leads the entire NBA in free throw attempts. He, he does. He actually, for a while, I, I think it's gone down slightly, but he's he's just about on pace for the most free throw attempts ever per game. Yeah, he's at 11.9 free throw attempts per game. He makes 10.2 of those 11.9, so 86% from the line. As a right. center, a dying breed, he he's so fluid, man. So like, let's talk about his on-the-court abilities. Some of the things that I like about him, Austin, is that he can take a guy off of a dribble. He does that quick little step back jumper from the mid range. He has a nice turnaround, you know, fade away shot in the, in the paint. He can hook, he sets great screens and you cannot ignore him from beyond the paint. He is just, he's a nightmare when he's on the floor offensively. Then defensively, he can switch, he can drop, he can play up top on a pick and roll. He gives outstanding help defense. Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's really not this season, especially there hasn't been any holes in this game. And for all the people that said he doesn't care about basketball, what did, what do you have to say now? All the people that talk about how he's not in shape and how he hasn't tried that hard. You know, what what do you want? You know, look at what you're not done. hearing that anymore now. And we talked about not that coming into the season, Austin, about how the narrative about him being like, oh, if only he cared. I'm like, how do you how do you have heartedly? Give you give a, give your team thirty and fifteen, yeah, right. And in you know they missed Ben Simmons in the bubble, and it to me just showed even more what what Joel Embiid means to this team because he absolutely stepped it up when when Ben Simmons was out. You know it wasn't enough. They they got beat pretty quick, but it wasn't his fault by any means. And 
if you remember back to our Christmas special when we were giving out uh, Christmas presents, I said a, a pissed off in shape Joel Embiid is what I was given the the. 76ers for Christmas and I don't know if he's pissed off but he seems to be in pretty good shape and he's having he's he's saying you know kind of F you to the rest of the league in a way because he's really really showed up this year and been absolutely dominant well and let's talk about that too you know there was a debate a friendly debate that I had on social media that there were the 250 point games that happened in the same night between him and Jamal Murray and the fact that Jamal Murray, again, it's, it's like when you say you don't pick the other guy that you just automatically insult him. I, mm-hmm. The fact that he got 50 without a single free throw attempt is phenomenal. But if you look at what Joel Embiid did, he gave you 50 points, but he also gave you double-digit rebounds. He also had more assists in the game than Jamal Murray, meaning that he gave up attempts to get more points. You know, mm-hmm. he also played really good defense and he he did get to the free throw line a lot and he made a lot of free throws. So that's a part of the game. And the fact that you have to debate whether the 250 point performances, which one was better, was is between a guy who put up 50 on the regular in the bubble and a center in a mm-hmm. positionless era. I The fact that your seven footer is putting up that type of performance to me, it, it's just a lot of credit to Joel. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. You know, like you said, they went about it two completely different ways, but uh, both were phenomenal. But at the end of the day, uh, didn't Joel Embiid draw 11 fouls in that game too and, mm-hmm. and only committed two? Yes. So he puts he puts your team, your opponent in foul, foul trouble. He gets every rebound. He blocks shots. He goes to the free throw line over and over and over, and he hits most of them. And he passes know. out of a double team. And he does everything incredibly well, you know, like just, just looking at his, his per possession numbers are insane. Like uh, you see Rudy Gobert is the only other center you see with numbers this good defensively. And, you know, Giannis is, was one of the only other guys that comes to mind in terms of offense. Well, Jokic, I think would be the other center that you can do for sure. But Jokic definitely doesn't give you the defense that, that, MB does. And he's just, he's picked it up on the defensive end, which is something that I think a lot of people wanted to see from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Philadelphia is going to be a scary team in the playoffs with Ben Simmons and him. If they're both healthy come playoff time, that defense is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And he's the guy that is, you know, kind of opining for a defensive player of the year nomination too. It just so happens that Ben Simmons is on the same team as him. And it's a phenomenal defender as well. So, yeah, Austin, those are those are our MVP leaders for this season. And this was a lot of fun kind of having a little bit of a bonus content episode with you, man. And sure. going a little bit more in depth on some of the guys that we are having an eye on for being MVP for this mm-hmm. season. Yeah, and un- unfortunately, you know, we we both are being one of those podcasts that's just repeating what everybody else is saying with our top two. But <laughs> we gave I feel like we gave a lot of good info and reasons for for why and and we named off another a lot of other a lot of other very deserving players as well so yeah i mean we don't try to put in new names for the sake of just being brash right. bold and different right obviously right. like joel and beat and lebron james you hear the their names a lot and rightfully so they are probably if not the top two guys for mvp but the three names that i kept hearing in damian lillard steph curry 
and Nikola Jokic. They're having phenomenal seasons again. They're my honorable mm-hmm. mentions, and it doesn't mean that I hate their guts. I just think that we should be talking about how great of a season these three other guys, that being James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. they are also having MVP-style seasons, and it's impacting winning more. Before we close, though, Austin, the best team right now in the NBA, the Utah Jazz, mm-hmm. I think that some people, you know, if we closed out without say, and we said that winning matters, and we did not mention the Utah Jazz, I think we'd be remiss to not even acknowledge as to why not a single Utah Jazz member even made either one of our honorable mentions. Austin, why did you leave out either Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert? Um, I just think the Jazz are the best team in the NBA because they're the best team in the NBA. They're all around. They have so many guys that do so much for that team. I don't know that you take LeBron James off the Lakers or Joel Embiid off the 76ers and those teams are going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case with Utah. I don't think obviously they'd be the best team, but they they'd still be a playoff team. They've got the deepest rotation of guys that are as good as they are. Nobody else has that many good players. They have the sixth man of the year. Like you said, I think that's been set in stone for a while in my mind. Yeah. Um, their coach is just playing is, is, not playing obviously, but coaching at a incredibly high level. Right. And you know, I know Anthony Davis is out, but they, they thoroughly dominated the Lakers from start to finish in that game the other night. And I watched the majority of that game and they got whatever shot they wanted. They got where, wherever they wanted to get on the court. They moved the ball so well. Um, I heard a stat the other day. They uh, have you ever heard the term hockey assist, like a pass yes, or yes. the pass, like the pass that leads to the assist? Right. The yeah. Lakers average two of them a game, and the Jazz average like twenty-seven. <laughs> yeah, I think they pass. I think they have what seven passes per point or something right. like that. It's crazy. They move the ball so well. They remind me a lot of those Spurs teams that made mm-hmm. it to the finals in Tim Duncan's last few years. That just you know the the ball swings to the corner, and by the time the defense shifts, it's already two passes back around, and somebody's getting a wide open shot. They're on pace to average the most three point makes per game. They're gonna they're on pace to average eighteen made threes a game. That's yeah, and crazy. if. And if this was not a shortened season, Utah Jazz. Yeah, correct. Or your uncle, depending on how old you are. Right. And the Jazz have kind of always seemed old school, I guess. Just Utah does that, I guess. Just thinking about them. They're a small market. They don't like to spend a lot of money. They don't ever really have a superstar. You know, Carl Malone was probably the, the, the one that you could say, but they do now for sure. Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. He's a multi time all star, you know, deservedly so. And, Rudy Gobert, you know, I've talked about him more than enough about how good I think he is. So mm-hmm. I won't go down that rabbit hole too you far. Were right. You were right about they've, Rudy. Just, they've they've played so well and they blew me away with how dominant on both sides of the ball they were against the Lakers. It was yeah. it was crazy. So they're definitely the best all around team. They 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 deserve that distinction for sure, for sure. But I think it almost speaks to how good of a team they are that they don't have anybody in our top eight or nine for the MVP race. Yeah. And I've, I've seen so many conversations about who is their best player. And if you think that one guy is their best player, then you don't know basketball and all that, you know, the, the typical basketball, social media garbage that you, that you see get regurgitated, no matter mm-hmm. what the conversation is, uh, 
you could make the case that Donovan Mitchell is their most important player because he puts the ball in the basket the most, or you could make the argument that Rudy Gobert is their most important player because he keeps the ball out of the basket more than everybody else. There's the argument that Jordan Clarkson without him, that this team crumbles because they don't have bench production. Or you can say that Mike Conley being the orchestrator on this team, that he's the most important. Like you said, Austin, the fact that you can split this so many different ways, it speaks to the fact that Utah is as good as they are because of their style of play, because they are a team. And we talked about this at nauseum that they are the most cohesive team coming into the season compared to last. You know, every major player that they have on this team was on the team last season, albeit, you know, Bogey missed time in the bubble. He opted out for surgery, but he's showing you why this team needed him last season in the playoffs. For sure. They're as long as they're at full strength come playoff time, I think they're somebody you have to put as, as one of the favorites for sure. They're yeah. Favorite. And that game that they had against the Lakers, you say, okay, well they didn't have 80. I, the fact that they blew them out in the manner they did without 80, I think speaks to the fact that even with 80 Utah would be a tough matchup for the Lakers. Right. Most nights right. in the regular season, most nights, but Oh yeah, definitely yeah. come playoff time. It's a totally different game. Everybody knows that, you know, the, the intensity gets ratcheted up, but I don't know that it's that much of a difference. You know, they looked pretty, pretty hard to beat. Yeah, the game slows down. The rotations shrink, which again, Utah does not play a whole heck of a lot of people. They have about eight to nine players, which is about a playoff rotation, right? So exactly, it'll be interesting to see how that fleshes out. But Austin, thanks again, man, for a, another great bonus content episode. It's been a long time since we got to do this. I had a fun. I had a lot of fun talking to MVPs with you, man. Yeah, you know, me too. This has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to do this. You know, we don't do the bonus content a lot as as much anymore, but um, something that we had to do tonight and works out well. I liked it. It was a good time for sure. It's been fun. Yeah. Maybe we can do this again for another award, you know, a little bit yeah. down the line. But I like that yeah, MVP, MVP is a is a polarizing conversation. And again, we, we provided you guys with some names that you'll probably start here matriculate down from other big media outlets like your Fox Sports, your ESPNs, or wherever else you get your, you know, regurgitated NBA information from. You know, highly encourage you guys to to keep tuning in, checking us out because you'll hear us say Giannis Antetokounmpo is an MVP before you will Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless or mm-hmm. whoever else that you <laughs> again get your basketball takes from. Heard it here first. Heard it here first. Giannis Antetokounmpo is an MVP candidate. So is Kawhi Leonard. So is so James weird. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird. <laughs> All right. But yeah, man, we'll close out. Um, Austin, anything you want to say to the people before we go? Nope. Just thanks for listening. Yep. Appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll catch up with you guys next time. Just please go check out offtheballnetwork.com for all your sports needs. Please listen to the show on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio every Monday and Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Other than that, we'll catch up with you guys next time. Much love, everybody. Have a good one.